Good morning. I'm Lisa Williams, and our scripture reading for today is Mark chapter 12, verses 35 through 40. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how can he be his son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with the respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Lisa, for our scripture lesson this morning. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to read scripture on Sunday morning or you want to uh, help out with offering or things like that, just let me know because we have a list of people that we call upon to, that are willing to do that. You can always, we want this to be a highly participatory service. Uh, a lot of people involved. We've got a great worship band up here, but there's always room for others who want to be a part of the band. And uh, also setting up, taking down, it's, it's uh, a lot of people involved. So if you want to be involved in that anyway, please let me know and we'll plug you in. Thank you, at least for helping us out there. As we um, come to this time of worship and listening to God's word, we ask for God's Holy Spirit to guide us. His word is always there for us, but um, it is his spirit that enables our understanding and application to our lives. So let us offer this moment to God. Come, Holy Spirit. We, your people, gather in this place seeking your word, your will, to commune with your spirit, to be made new to us, to reassure us that in spite of all that we hear and that we see going on in the world, You are still here. You are still in control, ultimately. You still have a will for us. You promise to be with us. So come, Holy Spirit, be with us now. May you lead my words, that they may be your words that bring glory to you and you alone. May you open our hearts and our minds to hearing your voice, to being led into the people you call us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I recently ran across a um, poem by Louisa Fletcher. Some of you may have heard this poem. It's entitled, The Land of Beginning Again. And she begins it with these words. She starts out by saying, I wish that there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again, where all our mistakes and all our heartaches And all our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never put on again. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Well, the truth is, there is such a place. This is actually the good news of our Christian faith. This is the good news that Jesus came to this world to proclaim. That we can be forgiven. That we can start over again. We can have a new life. With the help of Jesus Christ, we can have a new beginning. Actually, that's why the common people of Jesus' day heard him gladly, as our text says for this morning. 
Um, th- this is why they, they flocked around him whenever he would enter into a town or when he would uh, preach in the synagogues. They would crowd the place because unlike the other religious leaders of his day, Jesus brought them hope. Jesus told them that they were special to God. He treated them with love and respect. He included them in his circle of acceptance. He enjoyed being with them to the point that uh, he valued them. He prized them. He treasured who they were. And I believe that's still the reason that people today long to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dr. Tom Terrell, who is the senior pastor of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York, he um, once a month, he does a fascinating thing. I mean, he's got an extremely busy schedule being uh, the lead pastor of one of the largest Presbyterian churches in the nation. But he makes time once a month to go down to the local homeless shelter, and he works there in the soup kitchen serving the homeless people. And after they've all been served and they've finished their meal, he'll stand up and give an invitation to anybody in the place who wants to come with him and receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. They have a little chapel that's off to the side there. And and so everybody that wants to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper will go with him to the chapel. Well, one day he has this unforgettable experience uh, serving communion that he loves to tell about. He was serving all those who had come down and that they had a chance of rail where everybody knelt down. And he would serve them at the chance of rail. And he was serving all the people who had come down there for communion. And he came to a man. Um, when he got to this particular man, it, it was obvious to him that he had been out on the streets for quite a while. And when he got to him and offered him communion, the man whispered to him, skip me. Tom said, pardon me, what what did you say? And so he whispered louder, skip me. And Tom then said, why? Because, the man said, I am not worthy. Whereupon Tom said, well, neither am I. And then he went on to tell the guy, he said, tell you what, I'm going to finish serving all those who have come forward for communion this morning. And he said, then I'm, I'm going to come back and I'm going to serve you. And then I want you to serve me. The man blinked and said, Father, are you sure? Is that legal? <laughs> he said, yes, it's legal and it's beautiful. And so that's what we're going to do. And so Tom went through the other people who had come to receive communion. He served them all. Then he came back to this reluctant man and he asked him, what is your name? The man said, my name is Josh. And then he held the elements of the Lord's Supper before Josh. And he said, Josh, this is the body of Christ given for you. In remembrance that Christ came for you, And that Christ died for you. Amen. The man received the elements with tears in his eyes. And then Tom knelt down and he gave the elements of the bread and the cup to Josh and said, now you serve me. And still very nervous, he he said, Father, are you sure that this is legal? (laughs) He said, yes, it's legal. It's okay. Just, Just do it. And so he took the bread and the cup and 
His eyes began to dart to the left and the right. He looked over one shoulder. He looked to the other shoulder. It was almost as if he expected the police or the FBI or the Pope to come in and arrest him for doing this. But finally, he held the tray, the cup, to Tom. And as Tom received the sacraments, the man muttered the words, Body, blood, Jesus for you. Hang in there. <laughs> Tom says of all of the communion services he's ever conducted or ever <laughs> been to, he'd never heard that those words hang in there as part of the liturgy. But he went on to say, at that moment for me, Holy Communion had never been more holy. As Tom watched the, uh, Josh, the man, leave the, the uh, homeless shelter that day, he was standing a little bit taller. The man had a skip in his step. It was reported that wherever Josh went, he couldn't wait to tell people, you know, guess what I did today? <laughs> guess what I did today? In fact, the story became so widespread in that community that from that day forward, all the people on the street knew Josh, not as Josh, but rather they called him Rev. It was short for reverend. It's just a wonderful story, I think, of love, unconditional love, grace, acceptance, forgiveness. A wonderful story of reconciliation, of a bridge building, of, of true communion across barriers. It's a story, I believe, that reminds us of what Jesus was all about. And while the people of his day heard him gladly. They heard him gladly because he loved them unconditionally. He enjoyed them. They heard him gladly because he brought them hope. They heard him gladly because he brought them good news. And he actually practiced what he preached. They heard him gladly because he offered them a new beginning. The common people heard him gladly because to Jesus, they weren't just common people. They were special to him. They were the people for whom he would later lay down his life for. As we are. Just as we are. This is what we remember today as we come to the sacrament of the Holy Communion. That because of Jesus, there really is such a place as the land of beginning again. Where all our mistakes, all of our heartaches, all of our poor selfish grief can be dropped like an old shabby coat at the door and never put on again. Wouldn't that be nice? Today as we prepare to come to the Lord's table... We remember the words of the Apostle Paul, that we are all sinners in need of God's grace. This past week, if you followed the um, news that's been going on about the United Methodist Church, you would be aware that our brokenness as a denomination, as a church, was put on full display for all the world to see. The truth is, if you're looking for a perfect church, good luck. (laughs) You're not going to find one. Because the church, just as the world, is made up of imperfect people. And the church, we're made up of imperfect people who are striving to be the people that God calls us to be. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. 
Some people have asked me, well, what now? What does the decision of General Conference mean for the United Methodist Church? What does it mean for our ministry together? Well, here's what it means. Nothing is going to change in the way that we do ministry as a church here. We're going to continue to be people who are striving to love God and to love our neighbor as we have always done. We are going to continue to be a people whose mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of this world, just as we've always done. We're going to continue to seek to fulfill our mission to be a people who love God and to love our neighbor. We're going to continue to minister to the needs of the people around us unconditionally, just as we have always done. We're going to continue to love one another and to love whoever walks in those doors, just as we have always done. We're going to continue to be the church of Jesus Christ. Just perhaps now more aware of our brokenness and our need for God's grace and God's forgiveness. Today, may this sacrament that we to participate in be a means of that grace of God that we all need. Because it is only by God's grace and our willingness to extend that grace to one another that we can ever be the church that God calls us to be. It is in that spirit that I invite you to prepare to come to what we believe is the Lord's table. Now, when Jesus gathered his disciples in that upper room to institute the Lord's Supper, those disciples were not of all one accord. (laughs) They didn't see things the same way. They had different visions for what the church, the movement should be about. Remember, there were even those who would betray him, forsake him. And yet it was the love of Jesus and their belief that Jesus was the way that led to life and truth that that brought their diversity together. And that's what has been true for us. We have people in this congregation that believe differently and um, have different views on any subject you can bring up. And yet it is our love for God, our desire to serve God, and to be in ministry with one another that has always brought us together. I believe today is a day that we remember that. It is a day that we celebrate that and that we hold on to that hope. Jesus looked at his disciples knowing their diversity and He took bread and he blessed it and then he broke it and he gave it to them saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Whenever we take the bread and we break it, we remember how Jesus' body was broken and his grace was extended to the world. But I think it also reminds us that even in our brokenness, God's grace is offered. God's grace is our hope. After supper, remember how he took a cup 
And after blessing it, he gave it to them and said, Drink from this, all of you. This represents my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Today we remember it is only by the blood of Jesus that we are given a new beginning, forgiven, reconciled. And it's only by the grace of God that our world will be reconciled. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us who are gathered here in this place. And on these gifts of bread and wine. We pray, God, that you would make them for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. May your spirit, O God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes on that final victory and we'll be able to feast at his heavenly banquet together. These things we pray through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to ask those who assist me to come forward this time. The body of Christ broken for you. 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 The body of Christ shed for you. The body of Christ shed for you. The body of Christ shed for you. I want to remind you that we believe that this is the Lord's table. And all who seek the newness of life, the new beginning that Christ offers us, the grace that God offers us, are welcome to the Lord's table. We welcome you to come. There's a place here for you to receive. But as you come today, reflect upon God's grace, his love for you, and how he calls you to be in love with one another.